Hello and welcome to the First Issue Club, your weekly comic book podcast that discusses first issues and more. You may know us as the dudes. We're just like Sue Storm. We love a good read. That's primarily what we're known for. That's what we're known for doing here. <laughs> How much we love good reads. Good reads. And on occasion, we love a bad read. Mm, the maker. <laughs> love a little naughty read. <laughs> oh, I get it. It's like read like we read comics and also Reed Richards is his name and he's married to Sue Storm. One word could mean two things. I just got that. Aren't words fun? <laughs> What is that called? Two words spelt different. Uh, homonyms? They sound the same. Homonyms. Homonyms. Homophones are the ones that sound the same. Okay. But spelled different. Got homonyms it. Homonyms are spelled the same mm-hmm. and pronounced different. And a palindrome is the same spelled forwards and backwards. You know. Um, and I don't know what an adjective is. <laughs> yeah. Forget trying to fill out a Mad Libs. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys ever do those? I thought they were so funny, but I mean, at the age I was at where I thought they were funny, it was like penis, sex. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Mary had a little fart. Yeah, uh-huh. whose fleece was white as murder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I was terrible at phonics and English and all that stuff, oh, yeah. so I would memorize, like, go to... Like five go-to adjectives and like adverbs to like just reuse because I'm just like I don't I don't want to learn other ones because my brain just doesn't connect the dots. Yep. And that's exactly what that game was meant for. It's meant to like teach you and have you retain that. But I'm just like, nah, cheat code. I'm just gonna re- remember stinky, smelly, quickly. <laughs> cheat code for Mad Libs. Greg's over here speed running Mad Libs. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that switch channel? <laughs> no. Uh, all right. So this past weekend, we all went to Planet Comic Con in yeah. Kansas City, Missouri. Yep. It was frigid out. It was uh, abnormally cold. I always feel bad for all the cosplayers when it's like sub-zero. It wasn't sub-zero, but I mean, it was whipping wind and in the yeah. teens, so it felt yeah, brutally cold downtown. So all those um, short-skirted, yeah, anime folks uh, really felt it. Yes, they were probably thinking like, maybe I could come with sweatpants, man. I think I was telling you that I had a I have a friend who cosplays, and what they do is rent out a hotel room mm-hmm. in the like in adjoining convention hall all, all these convention halls have attached hotels right because that's where like out-of-town seminars come for yeah business bullshit um but they split a room with a bunch of other cosplayers mm-hmm. and it's just like the hub to like run in real quick yeah. get changed fix a costume change into your pocky sticks yeah go to the bathroom because god knows some of these complicated cosplays there's mm-hmm. nowhere to pee from. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how am I going to get out of this Nimrod costume without leaving <laughs> skid marks in it? Uh, but I, man, since we're all married, some of us just got engaged last weekend, Andy. Louie. <laughs> um, you know, my time of trying to get a hotel room with all the uh, like Comic-Con stuff going on and, yep. and like having a fucking buck wild party is over, but that seems like the place to be. If you want to, like, have Comic-Con after dark, just, like, go, you know, rent a hotel room at, like, a a hotel close by and just, like, rage with all your buddies. Oh, speaking of Comic-Con after dark, I went to that Boulevard party mm-hmm. that yeah, Andy, you did. Andy was on a couple <laughs> weeks ago and had a blast. It yep. was fun. They did. They had so many cool things to do. Mm-hmm. They were just giving out beers left and right. So uh, Jordan, who's also a Boulevard rep, uh-huh. I, we talked to her at her booth at Comic Con, and they were, you know, crossing their fingers, hoping that like three hundred people showed up to this yep. thing. Way better than that. She said that over thirteen hundred showed up. Yeah, and that it was like one of the best events they've thrown. And so be prepared. Kansas City folks and Planet Comic Con folks. Yeah, they'll do it again. They're going to do it for sure. annually now. It's going to be a huge thing. And I'll tell you what, it was near impossible to find where the where the ballroom was that they had it in. <laughs> and given that, I mean, I'm really impressed with the amount of people that showed up. Fuck yeah. So that's great. You had to work for it. 
Um, yeah. The video of your dance was better than any book I purchased this yep. week. They yep. did a really cool one of those 360 cameras that turns it into like a little gif zipping around yeah. you. Um, to show off your cosplay outfit. Exactly right. But I just did it as a normie. Uh, getting down to the whatever the DJs were oh, playing. That was no normie dance you did, that, my friend. <laughs> it was epic. But it is, it is really, I can't um, emphasize enough how wild it is to just like be surrounded by Sailor Moons and Spider Men and <laughs> everybody's just like dancing to like EDM. It was really fun. And they all, they had this really cool idea. And maybe they do this at a bunch of conventions, but. People in their cosplay could go up on like a little stand and you'd have a handful of artists there who would do like a comic book styled sketch of your cause of you and your cosplay. So they had these different people holding poses and then they would whip something up real quick. It was so neat. That's really awesome. That's so cool. So a lot of fun stuff going on there. If you if you missed it this year. Check them out. Yep. Next yeah, I think year, they, they announced the dates for next year, and it's early March this yeah. year. Or next year, I should say. Early? Oh, it's going to get earlier in like, March? I think it's like March. It's like the 8th or something. Yeah. They want to get further away from C2E2 is the thing. But by doing that, it's like got to get colder. Because mm-hmm. they're not going to go further out. Because I think there's more competition with some of the other even bigger Well, cons. yeah, if you go too far out, you're hitting San Diego. Yeah. And so, uh Yeah. Everybody, all the talent's going to be gone. It's going to be chili beans next year. Yeah. Um, but overall, I would say had a successful con, yeah. but I think they oversold Saturday a little bit. It was too congested. I felt like mm-hmm. I could barely walk around. I felt really claustrophobic. Yeah. They definitely um, were at capacity, if not over. I heard that Saturday was over stuff that we, when I was waiting in line for Kevin Eastman, uh, one of the volunteers was there and they were talking about how they were just selling too many tickets, which you would think would be a good thing. But, yep. you know, fire marshal's going to come knocking on that door and be like, we cannot let one more goddamn well, Deadpool in. <laughs> I think it's kind of common practice at places like that, that like we'll sell some tickets over what the capacity is because people are going to fall out mm-hmm. or not make it. And for this, for this though, you're charging like $60 to get in on Saturday. Right. So people are going to show up. <laughs> also, there's no one like clicking you as you walk in just like one, yeah. two, no, three. There isn't. So, I mean, I'm sure there's way too many people in there on yeah. Saturday and you could smell it. <laughs> it was stanky. It was oversmell capacity. I, I, I was telling Andy earlier today that there was a couple times that I was trying to shop at like a booth and you just start to get swept away with the m- amount of people walking by. I mean, you're yeah. wearing a backpack and people are bumping into your backpack and you just keep like moving down without trying to. Mm-hmm. It was it was a little much. And, he, and I felt like I couldn't like enjoy the people watching and the cosplay as much this year just because it was so tightly packed that you're not seeing yeah all the fun outfits or you don't have a moment to grab somebody and say hey can i get a picture with you or hey i love your mm-hmm. your cosplay just because everybody's just got to keep moving i think i think uh, maybe i should pitch this to planet but next year they should have like a cosplay like meadow like in Planet Comic Con, where like they don't have to walk around in the aisles in these big gigantic costumes. But they want to like, walk around, right? That's part of the fun. But let's say there's a destination mm-hmm. where like you can just stand and not have your giant sword hit people in the face, <laughs> and people can come to you, well, and see and gawk at you and take pictures in, with you. In their in well, in Planet's defense, they do have a corner where they've got like a cosplay medic area where like <laughs> we'll repair your outfits and there's like a handful of cosplayers tabling in a corner that like mm-hmm. more people are hanging out in so they've got something to that Similar, effect yeah yeah i just oh and i guess in october they just announced they're doing a uh, planet anime con so kansas city's now holding an anime exclusive convention in october and v- vargas is saying maybe that'll thin out planet 
because you'll get a lot of the people mm-hmm. going to that. And... Fingers crossed, no more giant hammers hitting me while I'm trying to buy a comic book. Yeah. I wonder if we can sneak our way into that as, as like as much as I love podcast. I mean, I love the anime fandom culture. I think they're like so fun and they've got so much such like weird internet culture mm-hmm. and something like that sounds like a blast and it's not that i don't want that peep those people at my comic-con i i do want them there and they totally belong mm-hmm. but it's more that just like less people need to be at planet next year because yeah. our bartle hall's our largest like place where this convention can take place mm-hmm. and it's too small now as a vendor you think it makes sense because you can hyper fixate on different products to sell at Planet and at Anime Con. Yeah. Because while we're all under the same nerd umbrella, yep. we typically buy different shit. Yep. And so I think it is smart for Kansas City to split those up. Mm-hmm. Just to, A, it makes way more money for Bartle. Yep. Um, and it gives another chance for people to dress up or go buy shit. And uh, I, I this is going to sound you know, a very duh moment for me, but like anime con's gonna have a way younger audience. Yes. Mm-hmm. Than Planet Comic Con. Right. And so it's gonna be like two different vibes. And I'm I, I actually do kinda wanna check out Anime Con and see what see what the the vibe is. We used to have a convention called Naka Con mm-hmm. in Kansas City that was like anime video games focused. But I think it was a little before its time, it was it? It was in like an Overland Park Convention Center. I think so. It was much smaller, and it was really getting going. And then COVID hit. Yeah, and then it kind of just stalled out. And this may be the same people that hosted that. Probably, probably transferred is. into Planet Anime Con. Yeah. So, all right. Um, highlights. We've barely got into it. My highlights were I bought um, an Eternals twelve, which is that great Unimind cover. In a nine six and an Eternals one, in a nine six. So t- two of my favorite Eternals covers slabbed. Um, the one I already had in an eight zero, and I always re- I just have regretted since not going bigger. So stoked to have such high grades. <laughs> so what Mike is saying, books. he has an eight of an Eternals book ready to sell. Ready to yeah. sell, yeah. <laughs> and um. What else? Um, I think a shared highlight that we have is meeting Maria Wolf. Maria oh, Wolf was awesome. So great. She is genuinely like comic book hype man. Yep. Yeah. She shot this shit with us for a long time. She spent a lot of time on remarks, mm-hmm. which they she charged 20 bucks to do a remark on a cover, mm-hmm. and they were wildly more in, intricate than I had ever expected yeah it was like an 80 dollar remark for <laughs> yeah 20 I mean, bucks yeah. yeah no kidding i feel like she could sell those for a lot more money and i think she was saying that next time she comes around she might mm-hmm. not do as much of it because every year she does cons more and more people are just like immediately like what commissions can you do i'm filling up your list immediately and then she's right. busy the entire convention right she might not have the time for it um, but I'll tell you what, next she year. said she's doing a Moon Knight cover, and I will fight every Naruto and Goku <laughs> in Bartle Hall to next get year. to get that <laughs> Moon Knight cover remarked. Yeah, I think I may just save my pennies and try to get first in line to do a, a full-on commission from her. Yeah. yeah. She said she's going to have a shorter list, and by God, I do not want to miss out on getting Maria Wolf before her inevitable... Yeah. You know, she, shoot to stardom because she was only charging what two fifty or three hundred or it something. It was very reasonable, like yeah. reasonable, totally reasonable. Uh, yeah, I want a Moon Knight commission. I almost did, and it you will get this it, my time, friend. But I ran out of time. Uh, I met Kevin Eastman. He was dope. Yep, super chatty. I felt so really? bad. Very chatty. Greg waited in that line for I think a little over an hour. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize with a fast pass. With a fast pass, Thank you Boulevard beer. And I didn't realize that he was getting just your book signed and my book signed. Oh, what a he guy! Didn't, he didn't get anything to get signed himself, dude. the The payment was the journey in line. Oh, made some friends. Okay, it was cool. Yeah, 
Yeah, this is my first time using a fast pass. I get to I get to meet him. So yeah, yeah, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw me and Vargas th- paid for you to meet him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. You you gave sweat equity though. Yeah, exactly. I, I I'm I may be the guy that worked on the house that you're flipping. Yeah. But you guys are getting the reward right, of right. the remark and yeah. the signature. But I, I I loved it. I I really enjoyed meeting them. I got to listen to people talk to him ahead of me, and yep. they're just like geeking out, asking him turtle questions. He's 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 loving every minute of it, yep. and um, you know he, he's a he's a really good guy. That's awesome. David Mack was a big sweetheart. While you were waiting in line for turtle stuff, I went and bought some stuff from him. Yeah, and he did a remark, and he gave me a free poster, and then five mini prints for free. Yep. So he was just like, well, I'm, and like the longer I like was just kind of chatting with him and I was like, am I bothered? Do I need to go? And he's like, no, I'm just here by myself. And he was like, I appreciate it. Here, take some more stuff. He's and such just, a cool guy. He just kept yeah. giving me more stuff and, and telling me more stories. And um, he was such a nice guy. Yeah. It, it, we, we met Roy Thomas. He was great. We met Pel, uh, Jimmy Palamati and yeah. Amanda Connor. They were yeah. fantastic. Garth Ennis. Like, yeah. Every creator that we met was like just a, such a joy to be around. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if I said this about Amanda Connor, but one thing I loved was that she was art directing Jimmy on like what color Sharpie to use yeah. and where to sign. <laughs> that like each thing they signed together was like, I'm thinking about this artistically and like the where signatures are going to go in the composition and what colors are going to balance best. And when I brought I brought up a lenticular cover and I was like, I don't know if these can be signed. We can sign on the inside. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, I've got the exact pen for this. <laughs> so you need something water soluble because the alcohol will run through the rivets in the lenticular like acetate. And she's just like rambling off like expert level, like how to sign stuff. And I just thought it was so charming how much care and love she puts into. Yeah giving someone a a signature yeah she and and she was so engaging too Mm -hmm. like every person that walked up i'm kind of sheepish at those kinds of things like because i don't want to bother anybody sure but you know i walked up and i handed her the one thing and she was like oh hey how are you like really you know giving you your not money's worth because it was a free it was a free signature you know what you know what i noticed and now i'm just thinking about this she never broke eye contact with me yeah, she was like one of the most engaged creators. Yeah. Was just like, "Hi, thank you very much for being here," and just like signing it and like remembering that. Now I'm just like, "Damn, that's <laughs> fucking awesome." Yeah, and Jimmy was great too. He did a little. Uh, I didn't even notice while he was doing it because I was talking to Amanda. Um, but I brought a Punisher comic that he did the inks on, and he did like a little Punisher remark. Oh, like the, sick! The dude. skull logo on yeah. it. Hell that's yeah! Killer. Yeah. So, just uh, all those dudes were super cool. Super super cool. Yeah. I don't think we met. A jerk. Yes, we did. I mean, yeah, we were there, so there were jerks there. But <laughs> uh, Mike D got a few things signed by a classic jerk. Oh, I oh, wouldn't oh, call Chris. Chris I, <laughs> I wouldn't call him a jerk. I'm just ribbing him. Just una- unaware. Um, Set in his ways. This was this was brutal. This was one of the worst con experiences I've had. Just like period. Um, but I'd gotten in his line. God, what time of day? I don't even know. Like it was Friday afternoon. Friday I afternoon, just left. It was maybe like around two o'clock. We had to get you something to eat because you were fading. I I had like a migraine coming on. It was really bad. Yeah, we tried to go get. It was St. Patrick's Day. We yes. tried to go get a beer and food beforehand. Yep. Bad choice. The place we went to was really understaffed. That's yeah. true. So I didn't eat, and I had been walking around the con floor for a couple hours, mm-hmm. and I just started to crash. Yep. So a a pretzel and a Pepsi saved my life, <laughs> yeah. despite a pretzel and a Pepsi costing twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, I spent six dollars on a can of Coke. I think it was like twelve dollars. Blow my the, brains like, out. Af- after tax and tip, it was probably like twenty five bucks. <laughs> I tipped. I always tip concession people. I I know, but like. <laughs> So funny. You're just like at the concession. Here's a tip: like, lower your prices. Yeah. <laughs> it's the they're not the they're making minimum wage. True, if that. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, poor people. So, 
And people treat them like shit all day long, probably. Oh, I'm so sure they get yelled at for the dumbest I, shit. I always tip those people, even though you're getting absolutely fucking raked at sporting events oh, and, man, and just cons. bent over a barrel. Like, that's like even more reason why they, they're not getting any tips at all. So I, I always try to set aside some money for that. Um, in any case, I get in the Claremont line, and it barely moves for like the first hour we're in it. And mm-hmm. then I see... Um, but I see Chris Claremont like get up and come back at some point. So he's grabbing like lunch or something. And I was like, oh, he was just getting lunch. It, it, now the line will start moving. And then like another hour goes by. We barely move. And then another hour and his handler comes back and is like, listen, Chris is like um, chatting with everybody like so much today. I mean, he just spent like 20 minutes talking to one person. Ugh. And he was just like, we've got a panel coming up in like another like 45 minutes or something. And then he's got to leave. And I can't guarantee that like anyone is going to be able to get a signature. So we're kind of like on the line of where like maybe going to get to him or not. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the, the line just slows to an absolute standstill at that point. Right. So we've waited three hours for nothing. And then he and then someone in the line suggests like, hey, why don't you sign some slips of paper or like his handler and write numbers on them Mm -hmm. so you can kind of tell us what our spot is in the line and we'll come back after the panel and Chris can rip through some signatures for the people who are left. And he says, great idea. Like we'll do it, and he and he gets through that. <laughs> what one thing I'll say too that's not happening at all that would happen at a C two E two or a San Diego Comic Con or any con that had their shit together, someone would come and go to the end of the line and be like, "This is the end of the line now." Yes, no one else in the line. They've done that before. Meanwhile, this line just keeps continuing to grow and grow and grow, and the new <sighs> people getting into it who are standing there for like a half an hour and then an hour have no idea that it would be like theoretically midnight by the time they got around yeah, and, yeah. The, and the cons only open till like seven or something. Jeez. So they leave and do their, can their, uh, panel, which our buddy from none of my friends, Nick, read yeah. comics hosted. He mm-hmm. did a great job. So that was fun. I actually went to it. Oh, hell yeah. Um, and then we came back and someone had Chris Claremont do a sketch cover, and he worked on it for a half an hour. Now, Vargas hasn't heard this story. And you told me, and I about set Bartle on fire yeah. with how stupid this cover Cla- was. Claremont does art? So, Cl- Chris Claremont, exclusively a writer. But he will do a doodle on a cover. And I think this guy would have been happy with, like... Like a Tom King doodle. The shittiest outline of a Wolverine face and then just like right snicked really big mm-hmm. to just like cover up the blank cover. Mm-hmm. Um, he spends maybe 10 minutes drawing these like teeny crosshand Wolverine claws. And then he spends another maybe 20 minutes like taking out different Micron pens and writing different X-Men quotes. All the way down the cover of this blank. I would have killed him and I myself. Mean, he's got like 40 things. And, you know, he just keeps like stopping in between and chit-chatting. And then like being like, I haven't used lavender yet. And then grabbing a lavender micron and writing this like pea-sized, taking his time, writing this pea-sized thing. And there's all these people who've been in line for like, at this point, three and a half, four hours. Right. Jesus. So we're just like. I'm about to fucking die at this point. Like I haven't eaten since <laughs> since pretzel <laughs> and and coke, and I, I'm just like at my wits end. There was one really sweet guy in line with me who had his kid with him, and mm-hmm. I feel felt so <laughs> the kid graduated high school I, in line. <laughs> yeah, I felt so bad for his kid who's just like there's so much fun stuff to look at here, but we're in a fucking line. <laughs> Dad, I was conceived and born in this line. <laughs> Now I'm a man. Um, <laughs> it is my job to kill Chris Claremont. <laughs> uh, um, but 
to his credit, he stayed late. Um, but <laughs> he has nothing else to do. But all all told, it took about four hours of line time. Oh, to, brutal. To get my stuff signed. And then he kind of like, he was picking my stuff up to do like a straighten everything out. And then he kind of like half dropped everything. And I was like, no. So I think some of my corners got like a little bunked even after that. And I brought like early 100s X-Men Dude. and some stuff to get signed. So that was kind of like, I was like, well, if someone's going to bend them, I'm fine with it being Chris Claremont. So oblivious. But after all that time, that was a little brutal. And I had also brought, um, I had also kind of grabbed, there was a handful of people in line with me mm. that just had one book. And I was like, I won't talk to him. I'll just keep it as brief as possible. Just give me your books. And we'll do, like, four people in lines, like, single issue. Yeah. And we'll just get them done with me. Yeah. And so we did it. And one guy had an X-Men, a 90s X-Men one, mm-hmm. you know, like the four connecting covers, mm-hmm. uh-huh. already signed by Stan Lee and Jim Lee. Holy Whoa. shit. And so he was getting the third SIG Holy shit. by Claremont. And I was like, what a fucking trifecta. That's beautiful. And then when he, like, flubbed... The yeah. stacking. I was like, no, this guy's Stan Lee, but so yikes. That that was not only the worst part of the weekend for me, it was like my, my worst con experience ever. Yeah. No no uh shade to planet. They had no control of that, but Chris, you gotta get better. The shade to planet would be like Get an end guy on the line. Yeah, get an end person on the line to just be like, listen, with the click that we're working at, you're the last person. You know, I'm going to blame Claremont's handler. Thank you. That's what I've been thinking he, this whole time. Homeboy needs to be like, Chris, I know you're a legend, but like, you got to keep going. You need to get it moving. First of all, no one wants to hear these stories. I'm, that's what the panels are for, big well, guy. Chris, you can tell your stories as you're grabbing the next book from the person in line. Yeah. yeah. Like, you can talk to whoever you want to talk to, but right. like, you need to keep signing books. Roy Thomas is the prime example for that. Yeah. yeah. Man had stories, was signing the whole time. We were in and out in a mere 30 seconds. Yeah. And it, was, yeah. it was the best. Yeah. It was the best. Told me he hated the name A New Hope for Star Wars. It just spit, and then he spit <laughs> on you, and you go, and you go, thank you, Roy. <laughs> thank you for your service. Appreciate it, sir. <laughs> Um, but I mean, uh, honestly, this is, uh, the first true con experience since COVID and I'm sure, you know, planet was glad to get back to business as usual. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was, it was good. I would have liked to see a little more comic book creator representation than I did see. Um, you know, Jason Aaron snuck in at the, yeah. uh, at the elite panel to do a, a signing for like a couple hours. I hate this. And this is something that happens at a lot of conventions where a retailer will get a person mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and have them at their booth, but they're not list so they're not listed, not listed yeah. at all at a, as a planet guest, and you have no clue they're going to be there because you have to follow these specific tablers and retailers yep. to understand that that person's going to be available. Like there was one year, you gave me a comic. Because you heard Rose Besh or something was yeah. going to be at C2E2. Yeah. So I had your comic uh, in my little holder for the entire weekend. Mm-hmm. And I never saw her. And she was at like, she tabled with a retailer yes. for like two hours. Yes. And spent most of it doing like. Remarks that re- cost like, like thousands like of dollars. $200, $300 remarks. Um. And had I known, I maybe could have slipped in and gotten a signature. But I'm looking around the floor like, where the fuck is Rose Besh? Yeah, if didn't she's have a table at all. Here? No. Um, Ridiculous. I think what I'm going to start like just carrying, even if they're not announced. Your whole collection. <clears throat> yeah. My whole collection in a, bu- in a backpack. In a bucket. In a bucket. <laughs> no, just like every planet, I'm going to bring one or two Jason Aaron books. I'm going to bring one or two Matt Kent books. Because yeah. they're like yeah. from the area, and you know, even if they're not listed, like yeah, Elite can bring them in because Jason lives, you know, five minutes down the road. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
in between, you know, his running errands and <laughs> yeah, going to a movie, he can stop in and plan he, it. He can slip in and sign my Avengers 33. I think I have enough stuff signed by Jason. And I love Jason. Aaron. He's the I'm, best. I am checked out on getting things signed by Jason Aaron. I love him. And I just have so many things signed by him at this point that I'm like, yeah. I'm solid. I was, I was on the Jason Aaron train like 10 years ago. So all the, mm-hmm. the important shit I've already gotten signed. Mm-hmm. I still want to get, because he, he did that Avengers run and he did the mm-hmm. uh, Age of Conchu. Yeah, uh, I want to get that Age of Conchu, and then Once Upon a Time at the End of the World. I want to get that signed. Oh, yeah, that's there, a good book. There definitely is some indie stuff that might have been signed, but I'm glad he's doing more indie stuff. Mm-hmm. Did you guys like Sea of Stars? Did you ever read that? Yeah. So good. That was yeah. good. I I got that signed by both of them. Did you last year? Hopeless and yeah. Dennis Hopeless. Yeah, or Hallium, whichever he's going by this time. He writes different books under different monikers. It's very confusing. Yeah. So. He's trying to get away from the hopeless thing, but I think he abandoned that because nobody recognized Dennis yeah. Howell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. He had so much cred as hopeless. We want yeah. the hopeless. Yeah. Anything else from Planet? No, I had a good time. Excited for next year. Um, hopefully, uh, we can hit C2E2 next year as well. It'd That's my plan. Uh, my plan is also maybe New York in a couple of years. I, I, I'd say... I think we have to swing by Planet, and we can do it easily just because we know so many people, and the like. Boulevard does stuff, and we hang with Boulevard mm-hmm. that we can probably like sneak in for a few things here and there. But I'm honestly thinking, with how crazy Planet was this past year, mm-hmm. I might just like fully devote my resources to going to Chicago or New York or, or Emerald City or something like that because. Just doing Planet Comic Con in Kansas City is expensive. So expensive. C2E2 so would be doing, a blast next year. Doing two is brutal mm-hmm. on your budget. Yeah. Um. So if I'm going to travel, I'm probably going to mostly skip Planet, maybe do one day just to like... So you did it. And ha- if someone, if someone, if someone badass comes. Just like do a thing with Boulevard or hang out a little and say hey. Yeah. If you do C2E2 next year, I'll go with you. Right on. We'll see when it comes. You'll have two kids at that point. I'll have another kid in less than a month. That is wild. Crazy. What wild and crazy kids. Crazy times in the city. <laughs> All right, moving away from Planet Comic Con talk, a few other things. Um, if you're in the Kansas City area, uh, this won't really matter to you after Sunday. <laughs> but we are doing the charity event with... Um, debates on tap and who the hell is this for at Big Rip yes. at one o'clock. Yeah. We're doing some charity Mario Go karting and it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a blast. Got Cut. a lot of good prizes. We got prizes, prizes from Boulevard, prizes yeah. from some local Kansas City gyms and some uh, the beer tours and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's fucking rad. So stop on by Big Rip, play some video games with us, donate to a worthy cause. Hope to see a lot of you there. Lose to us in Mario Kart. I probably will. I'm not very good at Mario Kart. <laughs> he says slyly. Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, little teaser for the Patreon this week. Patreon.com backslash first issue club. Uh, if you are a longtime fan, you will remember a year ago, Mike D and I sent off books to CBCS to get slabbed, and they have finally arrived. They are here. They are in our possession. I can see them. I don't know the grades that we've gotten, so we're going to do a live reveal on the Patreon video. Um, so go check that out, patreon.com backslash for Tissue Club. I also brought a, some other $1 comics that I picked up randomly on an afternoon I want to show off. Yep. The stakes are high on the slabs. The stakes are very high. We've got a couple books in there that are like the difference between a – Nine eight and a nine six and a nine four are like hundreds of dollars. So yes, we'll tensions are high. We'll see. <laughs> I'm I'm sweating. If I seem distracted at all during this episode, it's because I'm I can see the box. It's in my peripheral, yeah. and it's like just it's it's like the 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 floating dagger in Macbeth. It's just yes. you know hovering above me. Uh, and some comic book news. Uh, Captain Marvel is sadly ending. At issue 50. Wah, wah. Uh, this is the longest run of Captain Marvel. Yep. Um, Kelly Thompson has absolutely done the Lord's work with this book. <laughs> it's been going for five years. Um, 
I am astounded and I'm and I'm sad and I'm happy that it lasted this long. Yep. But um, you know, shout out to Kelly Thompson. Hopefully, you do more Marvel stuff because every Marvel book you've touched has been absolute gold. Um, Black Cloak on Image right now is incredible. So you are an amazing creator, and thank you for doing fifty issues of Captain Marvel. Yeah, congrats, Kelly, on fifty issues of a book that can not make it past like 20 issues for like years and years and years and years that book struggled and struggled and we finally got a voice in there that that just got it just understood understood the the character and what people wanted to read from that book and i i love carol danvers is one of my favorite all-time characters i had some carol danvers keys signed by roy thomas this past weekend you did um who, who created the character um but good on you. Kelly Thompson's my favorite. Um, Carol Danvers creator, for yeah, sure. 100%. Um, Boombox from Boom Studios has announced a return to the high-stakes world of fencing with the upcoming release of Fence Redemption number 1. You may remember Fence from 2017. It is a coming-of-age, LGBTQ, queer book about fencing, the sport of fencing, and growing up and just being yourself. Um, it was actually... A pretty fun read. It's it's meant for a younger audience, but you know anyone can get enjoyment out of this book. Boombox is back with uh, their second series of it coming out in June. I never read fencing, but I did read the like basketball one, women counterpart one. I think fencing was mostly guys, mm-hmm. and then there was a, a women's one called Avant Guards. And yeah. it was, I think it was queer gals at an art school mm-hmm. who started a basketball team. Yes. And I, I, I thought that one was fun. It was, this was all around the time when like, uh, Chen Yin did the backstagers. Oh yeah. I forgot about that book. And it was all about these like young kids in high school figuring themselves out yeah. like, um, giant days and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, Lumberjanes. It's, it was a, it was an interesting time at Boom. And, uh, it, you know, a lot of great books came out from it. I kind of stopped buying coming-of-age stuff. Well, because you've come of age. I've come of age. I think I've read enough of it at this point. And I hate to say it because it used to be one of my favorite genres. Yeah. You're too jaded. Because it's a universal thing, right? We've all had, like, our awkward phases where, like, emotions were so high. Mm-hmm. Um. My emotions aren't as high anymore, but I'm still in a predominant awkward phase. <laughs> I just don't know how to like be an adult or like talk to other humans. Uh, so the 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 act of small talk is completely lost on me. Do you feel that? Is it sad that I don't buy that stuff? Like, I have a lot of friends who still read a lot of YA, like well, you're novels. Not, you're not supposed to. The, here's the thing. I know we. I don't want to shame anybody. For I'm not it, shaming anyone, but like it's meant for a younger audience. Yeah. yeah, right. Like you can still find enjoyment of it, but just because you don't feel that tingly feeling in your stomach of just like, yeah. hey, things are going to be okay, it's because things are okay for you right yeah, now. You've sure. got a career. You've like you <laughs> bought a house. Like you've you've reached the pinnacle. Now you're the one that's supposed to be writing these stories. Like the retrospective <laughs> things of just like, hey, keep plugging away. It's gonna be all right. You get to a point where you get like frustrated with kids thinking like. Everything is the end of the world. Yeah. And it's like, you love reading that stuff and seeing like how people work through things when you're younger. But mm-hmm. when you get older, you're like, get over yourself. Well, that's what I mean. Like you get to an age, you're just like, this could have all been solved with like a, a phone call. Yeah, right. Like this is a huge misunderstanding. Uh-huh. That was the whole last season of Sabrina for me. It's just like, just fucking throw the book away. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> Uh, also, in June, uh, Mirka and Dolfo will be writing for Dynamite the new Betty Page series. She's taking Betty Page to Italy. Can't wait Whoa. for can't wait for those seven hundred variant covers. <laughs> well, all the typical um, characters are there for the Dynamite covers. I think they like they have a rotating cast now of like five uh, go to go to artists for yeah. Dynamite. There's yeah. uh, Linzer and Lex and all them. So. You know, sway. So be aware, it's out there. But uh, Mirka and Dolfo has already proven herself as an artist, and now she's a phenomenal writer with all the sweet paprika stuff. And Do we know if she's doing? She's, she's just, just doing, writing. Just it. writing. She's yeah. writing it. I was gonna say if she's also doing the art on this, like where? Oh, va va Show me your time machine. Yeah. <laughs> there's no way there's time 
for you to do all that stuff. <laughs> uh, it's it's alongside artist Elsa Ferrari and co-writer Luca Bling, Blingino. All right. So uh, very Italian names. It's a very Italian name. <laughs> it's a very Italian book. Um, I'm excited for it. Hey, I, I love I love when they get these um, vetted creators in dynamite. We've talked mm-hmm. about this before. Of just like you get so used to these dynamite books being kind of throwaway or whatever, you know, you know, cover bait. And then when they get a strong creative team, you're just like, wait a minute, what the fuck? I know. <laughs> what happened here? Yeah. Yep. One hundred percent. I'm excited for that. I'll check it out. Oh, we got him. We hooked him. I bought some um, dynamite. You've done it. There was a series of Betty Page variants. I can't remember the name of the artist. I thought you were gonna say Betty Boop. <laughs> um, but it, they were co- they were like very painterly covers mm-hmm. for. The a- Betty Page, The Alien Agenda. Ooh, okay. And I, I bought those just because I got a kick out of them. Yeah. And one of them's a Spider-Man 1 homage cover, Hell which yeah. I got a kick out of. Is it the Spider-Man 300 where <laughs> Tom McFarlane did it? That would be an amazing <laughs> Betty, Betty Page. Page doing the <laughs> Spider-Man pose. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Todd McFarlane number one. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to say it was the Chameleon Strikes. With Spider-Man up oh, on the Oh, just wall. like completely <laughs> spread out. The no. actual Spider-Man number yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, you know, that one. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, Last Ronin is being turned into a video game. Pretty cool. From the makers of God of War, I think. Yeah, it's supposed to be like inspired by God of War. So probably pretty open world, probably pretty action heavy. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. So, Turtle fans, you stay eaten. I haven't played the last two God of War games. I haven't played any of the God of War games. Are they getting more open world? Yeah. Because the older games were very much like, you could walk around some, mm-hmm. but you were basically like- On a path. In, on a path that you couldn't really deviate yeah, from. Yeah, they got rid of all that. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. They're, they're, okay. They're, like big areas to explore. Yeah, they're completely different. Fun. And I, I haven't played Ragnarok, but the, the first one, whatever, 2018 or whatever it mm-hmm. was. The one where he's always like, boy. Yeah. <laughs> It's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal game. Um, I played a game similar to that. It was the the last Assassin's Creed. Yep, Valhalla. I never played any of those. Caitlin one hundred percented that game. Whoa. She was obsessed with it. I couldn't stop her from playing. Wow. Yeah. But uh, it was dope. It was incredible. Yeah. The last time I played an Assassin's Creed game was like Assassin the original. Yeah. And she was like, "This is the new Assassin's Creed." I was like, "This is not. A, this <laughs> cannot be Assassin's Creed. This looks incredible." This isn't your granddaddy's Assassin's this, Creed. <laughs> this ain't your crawdads. <laughs> That's like Assassin's Creed. Okay, so th- those the marketing always makes those games look like they're in like the Renaissance era or something. Mm-hmm. But it's like sci-fi future stuff, isn't it? Yes. There's like time traveling or mm-hmm. like time jumping. Without spoiling too much, each game set in like a different predominant era. moment of history. Okay. And I think they're doing Feudal Japan for the next one. Yeah, man. Oh, okay. Finally. Westworld Season 2, the game. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> you got a game about assassins. You ever made what about ninjas yet? Come on. <laughs> I think I think a, a Westworld game would be very profitable. Actually, yeah, I'd play that game. Yeah, just sure. to, just to say. Anyway, yeah. that's all the news. Red Dead Redemption with robots. Fuck yeah. <laughs> okay, Zuckerberg, are you listening? Sign Make me that up. your metaverse. Yeah. And just all the DLC and just the different worlds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, uh, that's all the news I got. That's all the news and Planet Comic Con stuff I want to talk about. That is it. We're gonna move on to first issues to talk about then. Um, this is a segment where we call "What'd You Read." <laughs> I'm gonna limit everybody. Well, I either want to put a time frame on your books, okay. or mm-hmm. or say everyone picks out just a couple because we're already at 45 ish minutes. Okay. How? Yeah, we're good. I can do that. Fine. Vargas has the most. You did four. There's so many. There was a lot that came out. Vargas so has many. the most. Uh, up to date. I read books that will that were older. Yeah, I read books that came out yesterday. So I will cede my time to Vargas. Well, we'll I want to. Yeah, I want to hear what you have to say. Let me let me just do mine. Do it as fast as possible. Show us what you want. I read Captain Britain, uh, number one, mm-hmm. which is a Teeny Howard book, mm-hmm. evolved out of the Excalibur Knights of X books that she was doing. And one thing that I didn't realize about Captain Britain 
was that Betsy Braddock kind of became Captain Britain in Otherworld in the X-Men universe and never really like came back to reality to like be the face of heroism for Britain. Yeah. And they're kind of like, who the fuck are you? And why are you taking like the Captain Britain we love's place? We didn't elect you. And so the book is just dealing with that dynamic of Britain like politically not reacting well to her Mm -hmm. and her enemies using that to their advantage and trying to get this like false Captain Britain into power because people don't like Betsy. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's a very cool concept, but I will also say that if you're not like steeped in X-World stuff or if you don't know Otherworld and Saturnine and some of these Morgan Le Fay, um, then it's going to be a little bit harder to follow. Fair. Uh, That's what I was thinking for each comic book discussion. Um, I can do that. I can I'll, do that in a heartbeat. I'll hit you with the other one that I read was Rogan Gambit. Oh yeah, they've got their own like series. I think it's volume two. Yes, yeah. someone had written one like a couple years back. Kelly Thompson, is that right? Yeah. Kelly Kelly Thompson. Um, this one has art from the guy who did the Leah Williams book with Dazzler that we all the love. Exterminators. The Exterminators. I love his yeah. art. It's yeah. so cool. Um, but this is, this book is Destiny, who's an X-Men who can see into the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aptly named. Inter- inter- interrupts, uh, Rogan Gambit's vacation to say, hey, bad things are coming. All I can tell you is we need a specific kind of teleporter mm-hmm. and you guys have to be the ones to get him or like all hell's going to break loose. And they don't know whether to trust her or not, but yeah. they've kind of got to. And they go get Manifold, who's been the uh, one of the members of S.W.O.R.D. Yep. for a while. Mm-hmm. And there's been some like hijinks and political thriller stuff going on with all the S.W.O.R.D. characters. So he's wrapped up in finding some missing mutants. Um, Lady Deathstrike is one of the mutants he's trying to like find and bring back so she could be a part of the story. But, um, yeah, it's basically Manifold trying to rescue mutants, Rogue and Gambit trying to pull Manifold away from whatever he's doing to be part of a solution that we don't know what the problem is yet. <laughs> so a little bit of like, a, it's like mystery thriller. Sure. Huh? Awesome. Yeah. I read The Neighbors from Boom Studios. Nice. That was one of my four. By Jude Ellison S. Doyle, who wrote Ma. Oh, I loved Ma. And uh, Letzia Cadonsi, who is the artist for um, House of Slaughter. Oh, cool. So two phenomenal creators. This book, and Andy, we can tag team this if you want. This book is basically a take on Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. it's they, This family moves into a weird neighborhood. Something seems amiss. Um at the end of the book, daughter is taken and the the father chases after said child. Ch- Dad runs back to the house. Child is there magically and looks different. And so acts different. And acts different. Yeah. So it's like a it's a it's a horror leaning yeah. um pretty I think it's gonna have a lot of messages here because the father in the book is a post op trans man so it's a woman who has transitioned into a man okay and so it's a and it's the stepfather and the mother of the daughter was once married to a woman divorced the woman and married this now trans man so there's a lot of different things moving around here in your own body yeah yeah there's a lot of stuff there's gonna be a lot of um uh there's a oh, I can't think of the word I'm yeah. looking for here. That's but. very smart. What makes you is what makes you you is not your body. Yeah. yeah. Kind of a that's that's I like Yeah. So it's gonna be a real buzzworthy book. Ma yeah. Ma was another one that just like dealt with um feminism and sexuality and mm-hmm. and sexual assault was like a theme throughout it. Sure. And did it in a way that was like this is like a gripping sci fi thriller horror. Mm-hmm. That 
at the same time, you take like the tiniest step back from it, and you're like, wow, I see what you were doing now. Yeah. And this this is a one of four. So the first issue moved quick, pretty quick. Yeah. And I'm I'm hoping that these creators get to tell the story they want in four issues, because because if not, it'll it'll be a misstep for all the big ideas they're trying to uh, rope in here. Yeah. So I ho- I hope they've left themselves enough room to tell the story that they want. What's the name of the book one more time? The Neighbors. The Neighbors, okay. It gave me the same kind of vibes as uh, the autumnal. Totally, yeah. Same kind of like creepy neighborhood. Creepy neighborhood, something spooky stuff is that happening under the soil. Yeah. Very cool. So like I said, I hope they get to tell the story that they want. And then this is also, um, my next book is a new book, but also stayed good. Uh, I read Torrent 1 and 2 on Image Comics, out from Mark Guggenheim and Justin Greenwood. This is about a superhero who we, we know we always talk about Batman. Like I'm Bat- always Bat- talking about Batman. Batman could do the most good if He's he just Bruce spent Wayne. his money and helped people in need. Mm-hmm. This is about a superhero who finally just goes to the police and says... Please arrest that supervillain. Yeah, because, you guys handle this. <laughs> because, like, that's your job. Yeah. And it's going to be, I think, a huge dialogue of just, like, when is a superhero supposed to just back off and be like, I can't legally do anything here? Like, let the law, like, step in and, like, take care of the supervillain. That's pretty great. So the action's great in it. There's a lot of great visuals. Um, the, the conversation is punchy and fun. Um, this is going to be one to watch to to see what the overall conversation is going to be about the book. All right, cool. And Guggenheim has uh, a lot of TV creds too, so mm-hmm. I can't recall what they are right now. But I mean, what he, a fucking name! Uh, he did like Heroes or something. Like he he's been on a whole bunch of stuff. He took a big break from writing comics because mm-hmm. he went and worked in Hollywood. So nice. I will always say season one of Heroes is fucking perfect. So good. Save the cheerleader, save the world. Yeah, and then it just went fucking bad. <laughs> went it was because bad. of the writer's strike. Writer strike, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They lost all momentum and it just laid an egg. Yep. Um, I read a whole bunch of stuff. Um, some of the things that I won't be able to talk about today are Exo Manowar from Becky Cloonan and Liam Sharp. Okay. I'm Why? Because like, I haven't read it yet. Oh okay. I Why? Thought, I thought you were just so like accusatory. I thought you were just gonna be like, I'm gonna cut off from time. <laughs> like no. I know I'm gonna get the wrap up button. I might, I might do a write up of it. <laughs> I would love that because I'm pretty excited about that creative team. <laughs> what the heck? Thought... Explain yourself, asshole. <laughs> you get, you get engaged, and you become a different person. <laughs> the old Andy would have done it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you guys. Uh, I also read The Neighbors. Another one that I'm not going to be able to talk about is Dead Romans, but it was very good. Was it good? I, I skipped it just because it's like it looked like Roman Empire stuff. Same. I was just like, y'all, did bummed. you see the art? No, nah, I was bummed. Now I'm bummed. I'll I, go try to find it. Yeah, it's, it's a cool book. Okay. Uh, so what I am going to talk about is... Doctor Strange from my boy Jed McKay and Pasquale Ferry mm-hmm. on the art. This is a continuation of Strange, yes. that maxi series that Jed did following Death of Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. This is Doctor Strange back in full force. He has regained the mantle of Sorcerer Supreme. He is alive. He is alive. He is reunited with his wife. And this is his story kind of moving forward, just doing everyday Doctor Strange stuff. There's a great kind of vignette of him like his first week back and basically every day he goes and visits a new superhero and like oh what are you doing oh spider-man found a goblin who's taking his soul because he's playing three card monty under a bridge (laughs) that kind of stuff um and jed mckay's been so good so good he's my writer of the year last year and he's got just full steam ahead. So this is the stuff that happens when you let a good writer stay on a book for a long time. Yeah. Yep. Same thing. Like Captain like Marvel ish 50 issues. Exactly right. Kelly Thompson did a killer job with that. And the tie-ins are great. This book had a lot of time to mature and had a lot of like epic earned moments because of it. Yeah. And I love how they, they cut up Dr. Strange too. Yeah. Like you get like a different vibe with each, each new book. I was telling Vargas that um, this reminded me a lot of Dan Slott's Superior Spider Man that we spent a year with 
Doc Ock in Spider-Man's body. Yep. And so it felt epic when it happened because you knew it was going to last for a while because they changed the name of the series. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when Peter Parker came back, it also felt epic because you hadn't had Peter Parker for so damn long. Yeah. And, you know, we can kill characters and bring them back to life all we want, but it's not going to be fun unless you do justice to the story or justice to the characters who are taking over that mantle in the interim, which Jed McKay did a fucking phenomenal job with, with Clea and Strange. Yeah. And well, and even death of Doctor Strange. Yeah. Doctor Strange has to solve his own murder. Yeah, I mean, that was come very on, cool. so sick, so much fun. So yeah, Doctor Strange, please do yourself a favor and pick it up. Mm-hmm. It's a great book. The other one I read is Godfell on Vault. Um, this is a female-led barbarian story. Um, she's like a veteran of like a never-ending war, mm-hmm. and she finally gets sick of it and like goes awol. And the big twist is. Um, a god has literally fallen to her planet, domain, realm, mm-hmm. and is like the size of a continent. And so the end of issue one, she teams up with this woman that she finds on her journey back home, and they've decided to blaze a trail directly through the body of the god that is now a war zone for all these different, like, tribes and countries Hmm. they're all trying to lay claim to the body of the god from the inside correct me if i'm wrong yeah is this in the barbaric universe i guess it might be i don't know i i picked this up as like a oh it's called godfell it's got a badass lady with a big axe on the front chris sabella's writing it i think uh, i think it is part of the barbaric verse oh uh, which is awesome because like the, their the fonts look similar on the they're, title. They're really doubling down on the barbaric uh, universe. I guess it could be, but either way, I have no experience with the barbaric universe, and I thought this was dope as hell. Yeah, that sounds rad. People get cut in half, and the the end is just like a big fish hook right in your lip to get get you hooked on the rest of the series. The barbaric universe fucking rips. Yeah. So it's called Godfell. Who you've got it in your hands, Greg? What's the creative team? Uh, creative team is writer Christopher uh, Sabella, artist Ben Hennessy, colorist Triana Farrell, and letterer Jim Campbell. Dope. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate you getting the letterer in there. You know what? I do my best. Yeah, this is a great book. I think it looks super cool. And if this is uh, the tone for the rest of the barbaric universe, I'll probably pick that stuff up in trade, I guess. How do they enter the god? There's what, a, what orifice? There's a hole in his foot. Oh, okay. Like, literally at the end, they're just like, here, I'll find it. Already. This is why I can't write comics. Because I'd be like, just put him through the butt. <laughs> yeah. It's just a big hole in his foot, and okay. they go right through oh, it's it. It's like a hoof. Yeah. A hoof. So, super well, dope. Did I say it wrong? <laughs> uh-huh. Hoof. Hell yeah. Uh, I, I actually uh, ordered that online, so it's coming to me. I'm excited to read that whole series. Nice. And the last thing I have to say is about Neighbors, uh, get the C cover, because it's like a spot gloss. Ooh, Ooh, and it glows in the dark. Yeah. Does it really? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's just a dope cover. Rad. They had a lot of cool ones, but that was the one I had to get. Nice. Anyway. And I read a whole bunch of other stuff. I'm I'm excited about Exo Manowar. I've been trying to dive into Valiant for years now. and uh, Good the only, luck. The only thing that really strikes me is Bloodshot. <laughs> But it feels like those are just, you know, four or five, six issue movies. They did, so 2019, 2020, they did a heavy uh, investment in Quantum and Woody and Archer and Armstrong. Yeah. And I thought it had legs. I, I swear to God, I thought it had legs. And then it just, it valiated itself. <laughs> I think the the pull of relaunching a number one is, is too great. Because you're always going to get increase sales when you drop a number one so stupid mm-hmm. anyway they need someone so undeniably famous and good chris claremont to just be like i'm gonna be valiant now like to what hickman did with like all x-men is kind of like i'm the creative director of all the x-men books right i mean like, matt kent was that they for did, a while though and, and it did great and yeah. that was the best valiant has felt for a long time it was um, cause, cause it was Lemire 
and yeah. Kent mm-hmm. together uh-huh. did a lot of stuff. Here's and he, Jason Aaron was writing Bloodshot at the same time. Yep. Here's what you do. You go full chaos agent. Give Grant Morrison the keys That's to the That's what I'm saying. Dude. That's what I'm saying. Just that- like, just like, Grant, nuke it all, <laughs> start from the ground up. And he'd be like, okay, great. Or they would be, sorry. <laughs> Everybody kisses. Yeah. And I'd be like, fine. Yes. Totally. They definitely... That's the level of person they need, I feel like, to make Valiant what it's been trying to they be need for a, 30 years. They need a literal sociopath in there just to, like, <laughs> you know, Charlie from Always Sunny with his string and circles and his, like, huge mm. map of uh, timelines just, like, make it work. Grant Morrison and Alan Moore team up There'd to be relaunch no Valiant. Way. No, the universe would explode in on itself and we would all die. Well, and I'll, and I'll say that, like... Matt Kent and Jeff Lemire did a great job with saying, like, we need a core book. And they called it The Valiant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, here are the people to pay attention to. And their stories are going to, like, fly out of this, like, central thing. So, like, I've got my bearing of who they are. Mm-hmm. And there's two amazing writers writing it together. Now I can venture out into the, like, attached things as I see fit. And... That was a killer uh, kickstart. It lasted like a couple years, but again, Best Valiant had been in a long time for me. Sadly, it didn't last long. Well, I'll let you know how Exo Manowar is. Yeah. Becky Cloonan is the big hook there. Liam Sharp. Did you not get that? <laughs> also a good hook. <laughs> anyway, that's First Issue Club. Thanks for joining us. Head on over to the Patreon. Head on over to our social medias. And please, please, please do not forget the bag and boredom. Bye. First Issue Club is edited and produced by Mike DeStacy, Greg Licktig, and Andy Vargas. Follow us on social media at First Issue Club and check out our Patreon for videos, audio, and more at patreon.com slash first issue club.